Super secret co-host is going to be. Please introduce yourself. I'm John. Uh, you might find it difficult to listen to me for more than 30 seconds, but get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Our own Johnny Capcom is joining me on the line for We Talk Games Pick of the Buck to kick off Schmupstember. If only I could somehow work that into the the rhythm of the classic uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire song, but as much as I've been trying all day, it didn't want to work, you know? <laughs> all right, well, I'm Kyle Von Kubik, as we've already discussed here, John E. Capcom. In That's the true. booth, Keith LaRouche's Many Pets. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a goddamn pet store in there. K-Dogs. Yeah, and uh, now I'm not exactly sure how this is going to work, John. Uh, I do know that the show is being monitored by Stinky the Game Master. Uh, he decided to use a baby monitor. Unfortunately, he gave me the end for listening, and he has the uh-huh. end. That's the uh-huh. microphone, so he kind of got that backwards, as you can hear in the background. Right, just let me know when you Yes, and there it is, big toilet. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're kicking off Schmuptember. Oh yeah, this is We Talk Games Pick of the Buck. We oh shuffle the cards in a hat, people pull them out. Sing. Everyone knows I hate this, so let's move yeah. on. We oh, talk no, no, about. No. <laughs> I, I went to great length. Okay, uh, I've worked out a dollar's worth about eighty-six of my European cents. <laughs> so if you want, uh, you can send me either. What I think is a dollar. 12 cents is like a euro conversion so you want to send one conversion of, cast <laughs> if you want to send that to me or do you want to send it in change and i'll do it from this end because i win as long as this gimmick is on the show kyle loses <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the way it goes that is the truth now because um you've been subjugated to just doing the weekly pro player tips or expert gaming tips as yeah. we call them i'm letting you pick the first game that we're going to discuss for Schmuptember. Well, I think if you're going to talk bullets and flying and stuff... Yeah, maybe we no, should talk about what a shmup is. A shmup is also known as a shoot 'em up I believe the shmup term... Like a, like a came, Call of Duty, John? That's the thing. I believe a shmup was coined to basically differentiate it between first-person shooters, which was what they were called back then, because back in the 90s when we were all young, yeah. uh, everybody just... Shoot 'em up was a general term for bullet game. Right. You know, like uh, Point Blank would be a shoot 'em up. And, and Cabal would be a shooter up. Darius and Gradius, yeah. Then and the first person shooters came in and we had to come up with a new term. So Even still, it's kind of weird because nobody really calls, like, nobody's going, oh, the, the, the shoot 'em up Call of Duty, you know? I don't know why we haven't reclaimed right. that I think it's because they, uh, they copped the, the shooter, it, just the shooter term. Which to me yeah. doesn't distinguish a first-person shooter correctly either. Because when someone says shooter, I think of a shmup. I don't think of a uh, first-person shooter. But regardless, even, when we're talking about... Uh, what's that? Even a third-person shooter. 
But we're talking about shmups, which is, predominantly is flying around and having bullets come out of you in some sort of way. Why don't you kick it off? All right, well, I hope you have your notes together for this. I do. Uh, <laughs> the first game we will discuss is Gigawing. Gigawing is... Let me change my notes! <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reason it's, uh, we're going that way is because it's the first one I wrote down here. So, um, Gigawing is, is a bullet hell game. Yes. Uh, from Capcom, and uh, usually, I'm sure all of our listeners are sad because there's no way to play arcade games in their homes, whereas we all have private, personal arcades. Right, we go out and we buy each cabinet we discuss each week. Yep, uh, and delete them 24 hours after <laughs> uh, we buy them. But yeah, this game, you can play at home on your Sega Dreamcast, because it did get a home release, weirdly enough, that is apparently quite rare now. So really? we are... We're back in the uh, the millionaire territory here, you know. If you're going to uh, be playing this game on your Dreamcast, you're going to be a rich person or you know a what I think sexual prostitute. I think our <laughs> I think our listeners are allowed to steal this game, considering that when it was in the arcade, it did nothing but steal quarters. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, one of the points I like to make about this game is it's actually a lot more fair than some of its uh, bullet hell brethren like you know it's the shield mechanic in it yes basically in this game you have two buttons one fires and when you hold it down it charges a shield and then the other is your nuke your screen clearing bomb yeah your super bomb and the cool thing about this game is like if you hold down your fire button it turns into a shield which swallows the bullets uh, that your enemies firing at you and it spits it back I think the game calls it like reflect force, but it's definitely a uh, appreciated mechanic in the game because, uh, you know, as we discussed, it is a bullet hell game. And there's past the first level, you're going to find it extraordinarily difficult to progress through the game without adding additional credits. So the fact that you can absorb some shots and reflect them back at your enemies definitely helps. But the game is still really challenging. Yeah, I remember when I first discovered it, I was given like an emulator disc. Uh, I hope the uh, the <laughs> federales don't come looking after looking for me. Now. But I was given an emulator disc, and I brought it back to college with me, and I threw it in. I'd never heard of Gigwing, like because mm-hmm. bullet hell Japanese shooters tended not to make it to the Kuraklo winning post. Right. Uh, yeah, for, I mean the game came out in 1999. This is well yeah. after the heyday of the arcade so if, if you never heard of this game great <laughs> it's yeah. perfect for the show well that's the thing and that's one of the reasons i wanted to talk about it. i mean i remember digging out of the disc out of uh, this disc and it was on there with mars matrix as well which is mm, very similar made by the same people yeah. but i remember i'd never played a game like it and um i threw it on and i remember i was just i was overwhelmed by it and i'm not kidding i i called my girlfriend at the time from college i got her to come into the room and i was like sit down and play this with me and we were playing it, and i remember she was just screaming the whole way through her first play like at one point she literally jumped up and ran and hid in the closet she was that fucking overwhelmed by <laughs> It's a Everything. it's like an a, vis, a visual assault of colors and light effects and parallax scrolling and some of the yeah. smoothest parallax scrolling you'll ever see assaulting your eyeballs. Which is weird because the visuals themselves aren't all that special. They're fairly generic in their design, but there's right. so much going, going on. on. Yes, you know, I mean, like the, the, there's a story apparently. <laughs> um, Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting ready for the show, uh, I've been playing this on my friend's arcade cabinet. 
and basically I've been drinking every time and it'll be a two player co op and you know yourself, like if you've had like one beer, the idea is a synopsis isn't gonna work on your brain anymore. Like right. you know, it's either you know, sex jokes or fucking Metallica songs at that point. <laughs> but uh like we'd be playing this game and we just start firing through the story and you don't need it. I no. never ever played like 1942 and went why am i doing this <laughs> i was i was gonna say this ain't your grandpappy's 1942 it is like yeah. 1942 with all the coke of the 80s dumped into it because it's the same notes and mechanics but like you know obviously it's visually updated but just the amount of stuff happening on the screen is like such a departure from 1942 um the, the players yeah. are similar though yeah, very similar. Doing a little research on the game, uh, some people claim that this is some sort of steampunk game. I don't see this. We talked about another uh, game a few weeks back called uh, Boogie Wings, which has a steampunk flair. This, to me, doesn't. It has more of like a... Um, did you see that anime, Final Fantasy anime movie? You know how yeah. the there was the, th- the 3D CGI Final Fantasy movie, but around the same time there was like a two-part anime for Final Fantasy? Advent Children? Not Advent Children, no. This was like, um, it was Sky Pirates and Aliens and stuff. I was hitting those notes visually looking at this thing. If people who are familiar with this anime will know what I'm talking about, where it's not steampunky, it's, it, but it, you know, it has those 1942 type planes, but they're updated so they're shooting laser beams. I think people are, are too quick to dump the, the steampunk. Uh, tag into something nowadays because of its popularity but there's some sort of war going on and if you're a fan of english take the time to read the cutscenes. if not just move on because you're just going to want to keep playing there's some great quotes in this game i'm sorry i haven't actually paused to look at it but you know yourself like the game is so fast paced that you just want more when i look at the track screen it just goes the medallion will you continue or stop yes. the med- I mean, they're going like is Bob Guccione behind this? <laughs> <laughs> well, the medallion plays a part in the boss battles. So when yeah. the boss battle, when the bosses come up, you're shooting at the bosses. They're breaking away. Some good destruction uh, effects happening. You know, the, the sprite changes and there's explosions on the screen. And it will reveal the medallion. But that's – don't collect the medallion. <laughs> you're not going yeah. to collect the medallion. You're going to destroy the medallion, which I guess is like the heart of these, uh, these bosses. And once you destroy the medallion in the center of them – then you uh, you d- defeat the boss and you progress to the next screen. And it's like all of the shooters that kind of pr- preceded it where like you shoot a chunk of the plane and it'll start flashing and then that'll break up and right. go to pieces and the medallion is usually the last thing. I mean, I've, I've no idea why the medallion is uh, important or powerful. Uh, it, You're I'm not sure reading it, the screens. <laughs> I'm not. I am not reading the screens. But but the thing is, like, I couldn't care less if this game was a vector game and there was no definition on the ships, but it played the same. I'd still enjoy it. Yes. Because I mean, for all the the visuals, they're not Espgaluda. They're not Death Smiles. You know, mm. these are pretty basic visuals, similar to Mars Matrix. Yes, for a shooter of its time. You're yeah. not seeing anything that's it didn't break the mold certainly. Me- mechanically but though, mechanically super intuitive. That shield, like yes. uh, I was playing that with my friend Spud, and we were he'd never played it before, and I was like, get in here, let's play it. Like, and I don't even uh, like I was messing around with it. I hadn't played it in years, and put nine credits in, and we beat it because once we got hand hang of the shield mechanic, 
we were actually able to tag team the game pretty well. Sure. And that is almost counterintuitive for an arcade game. I remember watching like Midway Arcade Treasures uh, on there. There were guys talking about the development of Gauntlet 2 and APB, and they're going, yeah, basically we were making sure you'd die here, so you had to put more money into the cab. <laughs> you know, it just... And that was what arcade games were. You could almost guarantee that level three, you were going to die. Right. That was my thing. Whenever you play fighters, you'll beat the first guy, then you might beat the second guy, but the third guy will just annihilate you. Right. And with this game, if you learn how to play it properly, you will get to it. And I believe on nine credits, we beat it. Like, so, it's, so, but playing with two people definitely helps, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you've got double the amount of screen clear bombs. You've got the... Uh, right. If you can get two people shielding at the same time, like it's it's fantastic. The only thing I'll say about the game in in regard to because the challenge was not disappointing at all. I enjoyed challenge and you know the way you and I are playing these games because we have access to these cabinets in our home. Yeah, we can just open the uh, coin door and add more credits easily. So that's that's yeah. not a big deal. But my disappointment was the the lack of power ups in the game. Like you yeah. get you get to your top or max level of power ups real early on, and then there's not much else to look at after that. It's just powering up your basic shot, right? Which you see at the beginning when you're selecting your character. It'll show you uh, its max potential. I believe there's three characters to choose from. I might be wrong on that. I chose the first character in the red ship because I liked his, uh, you know, the the spread of his shot and the pattern of his shot. He's but, a blue guy, right? Oh, is he blue? Yeah, he so. wears a red head headband. There's two other or three other characters to choose from, and they all shoot in a different way. But they all have the same uh, trope, which is there's only three levels of powering up that you can uh, achieve, and a little bit of a disappointment. Doesn't hinder the game at all. Just wish that it got even crazier. Uh, you know, after that third level, if you collect the P on the screen, you're just getting points. And that's something else we should probably address is the ridiculous amount of points and point mu- multipliers that are in this game. Yeah. <laughs> if you use the shield mechanic to destroy a ship, thousands of gold shields just appear. Yes. And you're just thinking, if I was in the Spencer Mansion right now, I'd be fucking sad. Because that's what it reminded me of, you know, like that kind of the crest of arms emblem thing. Uh, that, yes, as soon as you kill a ship, a little, uh, well, like a gold medal appears behind it. Which, I mean, one, it is a, it's a, it's a score multiplier and all that. But I think it's there to confuse you as well. Yeah, like, definitely. Because, you know, it, it does get too much for your eyes at times where you're just like... And, and you have that thing, and I, I don't know, I, I have it anyway, where if I see something that I'm supposed to collect, I want to get it straight away. Right. You know? And you will barrel into barrages of enemy bullets by doing that, and that kind of adds to the to the challenge. Oh, but it's kind of your own fault, and I, I do kind of like when games do that to you, though. The lore of the, uh, yeah. the the prizes, yeah. I was uh, j- just for uh, shits and giggles. I decided that I would because I was noticing the huge number of points I was getting. And what I do love too is between the the uh, stages when it gives you your point total, it has that like guitar riff. Yeah, the music is nothing to talk about in this game. It's it's standard <laughs> affair, but that guitar riff when it gives you the total of points is it, completely rad. It, it really. I have written down here. Uh, WCW Nitro sound effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like interstitial music from Nitro. You expect like uh, someone to spoil some TV show for you when you're uh, 
when you're playing through it. it, it <laughs> yeah, the music is not that. Like, Myers Matrix, on the other hand, though, has some really cool music. Yes. Uh, it's sister game, shall we and say. The music's not bad in this game. It's just generic, like you said. Yeah, you, you wouldn't miss it if it wasn't there. Right. But uh, because of the amount of points that I was collecting and I was seeing these huge totals at the end, I wanted to find out what the uh, world record was in this game. And uh, it's in the trillions. And as of this recording, it's two hundred ninety-one trillion two hundred fifty-two billion four hundred sixty-eight million eight hundred thirty-nine thousand forty. Suck on that, Steve Weeby. <laughs> oh, that'd take a lot of praying to beat. <laughs> but, like, uh, that is ridiculous, though. I remember I can't remember what game it was discussed, but it was discussed on We Talk Games. And I remember listening before where a game would give you a low score. Uh, I believe it was like an iOS game where you get like ten, <laughs> 10 points at the end of something. I mean, this is just score porn. Yes, and I guess it, it's at the this end of the scores in the way that a pinball table scores. Yeah. It's at the end of the 90s and at the end of the high score era, almost mm. like, you know, and it's basically it's kind of like they're going, yeah, well, here's the end. Here's your infinite score game. And I'm not surprised that it's in the trillions because it's ridiculous. But when you've got a computer computing your points, that's got more power than, you know, a stopwatch. You can do these things like right. Um, wasn't that the original Pongs came with a notebook? <laughs> yeah. Actually, the original Pong that I have has a sliding, like, abacus gimmick at the top oh. of it to keep score. That's one. That is the complete opposite Tell of, like, this game is. But, you know, of DLC. They're like, you're not going to get a disc for this game, you know, but there they're going. Not only will you get the game, but you will have to count your fucking score. You know? <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be some sort of hipster movement with like art games where they're going to give out abacuses and pens. That would and be pens. pretty cool, though. <laughs> you imagine if someone was just like, "Yeah, here's a game that you have to buy for Commodore 64 cassette <laughs> or punch card paper, yeah. you know, and you load it into uh, one of these big blue computers or whatever." And yeah, you've got to, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's it's a step away from a make your own adventure. I like it. So uh, I guess it goes without saying we're recommending this game. And it's a great kickoff to a shmup's timber. It's very difficult to say. So check it out and let us know what you think. And before you do that, here's this week's pro player tip. Maybe. Just let me know. Okay, well, I send in my dollar to John, and he's going to do the uh, pick of the buck gimmick at the end of the show. So, John, uh, please start shuffling those dollars. 
Okay. And while you do that, I'm going to remind everybody to go to wetalkgames.com. You can log in with one of many social media accounts you already have. Visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WTG podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's at wetalkgames. And you can also send us an email, stinky at wetalkgames.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us suggestions for other games. Let us know what you think of Gigawing. And hey, do me a favor. Go to iTunes and leave us a goddamn review. I mean, fuck, how many weeks have we gone over this? Leave a review. Our listenership growing exponentially. I would love to see more reviews on there, and I would really appreciate a four- or five-star review. If you've already left a review, do an addendum review. That's right. Do that. Especially if it's in 2012. It's time to update that review. Let us know what you think of We Talk Games Pick of the Buck. Speaking of Pick of the Buck, I've noticed a pattern on this show. (laughs) And that's you losing Pick of the Buck. I know. And that pattern has continued because I am in possession of your $1 bill from now on. I'm going to frame it on my wall because I win the I win the pick of the book this day. I'm shattered. So, uh, so fuck you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's give our hint for next week's game, the second installment of Schmupptember. Okay, my hint is protection. My hint's going to be bunny ears. <laughs> All right, and here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's audio clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick A.D. Buck, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. We're going to be back next week for uh, another pick of the buck. Until then, I don't know. Wait. Yeah, continue our ways, as the game says. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah.